0: You're listening to the Business Marketing Show, episode number 97. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Hello, and welcome to the Business Marketing Show.
1: I'm your host, Brendan. I'm here with my co-host, Ed. How's it
0: going, Ed? Excellent, Brendan. How about yourself? Good. What are we talking about today? We are talking about having multiple streams of traffic for your business and not just relying on social media as your core business activity. Uh, unfortunately, these days, a lot of people seem to think that the website is not important, which is just not true. It is more important than ever. And a lot of people are discovering the need to have a stronger focus on their website. And that ultimately, social media, which is something that you really don't control, you don't own the platform, is a source of traffic. So we're going to talk about lots of other sources of traffic you can focus on with your business so that you don't just have a one-legged bar stool. Sure. Do you think
1: that's because uh, there's a lot of Facebook ad consultants in the market? Do you think that's part of...
0: What well, does like social media consultants? What do, you, what do you think? I think it could be uh, social media consultants, uh, a, a bit like weeds at the moment. They're popping up everywhere. Sorry, <laughs> social an media. Answer. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> social media consultants. Uh, but they, they seem to be absolutely coming out of the woodwork, uh, and they're all experts too for their three hours of activity in consulting on social media.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, it's, it's almost like yeah. ten years ago.
0: When Facebook
1: started to become popular, there was everybody was a social media specialist in two thousand eight, two thousand and nine, uh, and doing workshops and training on it. Seems to be a resurgence of it because everybody's a Facebook advertising consultant now. It seems almost.
0: Yeah, back in my day, it was everyone was Google AdWords, and now that is still the case. There's lots of people who do that as well, uh, mm-hmm. but it just seems like social media in general is the is the buzzword. And I think the core thing that really uh, gets me confused about why people think this way is that they really spend a lot of their time handing over all their energy and power to social media platforms Mm -hmm. rather than using the core thing that they control, which is their website, building up uh, this thing called email. don't know whether you've heard of email before, Brendan. There's such a thing as an email database. And who who controls the email database? I don't know. The cloud? The cloud, no. Not the cloud, Brendan, unless you're referring to yourself as a cloud. Uh, No, we do, Brendan. We do. That's the whole point, isn't it? It's the whole point. And it's something that is valuable to your business. It is an asset to your business. When you sell your business, if you decide to, having an email database of 10,000, 100,000, a million people, is much more valuable than nothing. And it's certainly a lot more valuable than just having a strong social media account. Mm. Uh, Now, that still adds value to the business, of course, if you've got something you've built up in social media over years. So it really, you, you just cannot rely on a platform or platforms that you don't control. That is my opinion, and I'm sticking with it. Yeah, I mean, from a business
1: perspective, right, if you're, so you have, I guess, there's there's two components to it that people don't really think about. So one is you have the activity, which is really an ongoing expense and really should be an investment. It's, you know, it is a cost, but it should be an investment. So it should be returning more than it, it's, it's costing you. Mm-hmm. Um, and time isn't free. Like a lot of people are doing their own social media, but that's still, you know, if you're a business owner, you would be assuming that your time's at least valued at a hundred bucks an hour so you know that's not free time so that's one part of it is the activity and investment and ongoing stuff but mm-hmm. then the other part is the asset so you're building you're making this investment to build this asset and you know as anybody who's spent time on facebook knows they change the rules or has had a facebook page they change the rules so often but facebook wants you to pay to access that audience so you know, you build yep. up this asset, then all of a sudden they change the rules and this asset loses its value. Like it has no more leverage. It doesn't have, your Facebook pages used to be the thing. Now mm-hmm. you basically have to pay for anybody to see mm-hmm. anything you post to your Facebook page. It's, it's nearly useless. So yeah, um, yeah, you know, from a broader business strategy, if you may, if you're doing this work in time, it makes sense to build it into an asset you control, which is your website. You own it you're not, you know, the rules aren't going to change. So when it's your website, it's your brand. And we've, you know, we've talked about some of this stuff before that a lot of people don't yeah. value the website because, you know, they don't think that, the, you know, the, the rankings, their brand and everything else is tied to that website. But it yeah. really is, you know, as business. There's no such thing as like online marketing, anymore. it's just marketing. You know, as business is almost all done online. It's You know, I'd say there's very few businesses that don't have, Some that don't need to be online. Um, Yeah. That's getting increasingly important.
0: Too true. And your website is a saleable asset. So you have people that have sold websites for tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. Mm -hmm. And we're not talking about domain names separately. We often discuss domains and the separate value in a domain. But you can go on uh, different places like uh, Flipper. That's F-L-I-P. P I think that's the spelling of it, mm-hmm. uh, which is a site that sells established websites and domains and various other things, but that's their core business. And mm-hmm. there's, there's websites that sell there for all the time. Always make sure you do due diligence. Anytime you're buying a website off any platform, you want to make sure that it is what it is. And it has the traffic that it says and it, you mm-hmm. know, do all that sort of stuff. But the point is they're being sold. And if you've got a business that you want to transition out of, that you don't wanna do anymore. If you have uh, a track record and you can demonstrate the traffic, uh, you can demonstrate that you've got a database that you mail to that makes money from products or services, it makes it a much easier prospect to sell that sure. business. Yep. And that's obviously just one key area of selling business. But yeah, ultimately the thing that is the most important is you do not control the platform in terms of Facebook, or linkedin or in instagram you're just a participant on that platform and when you sign up and initially with your account with any of these they've got the terms and conditions on those that are go you know a mile long most people don't read them they just tick the checkbox to say they've read them but in there there's all sorts of terms and conditions opposed to what you can do what you can't do and if you break any of those On purpose or by accident they can shut down your account we've said this a million times it's happening to someone right now I can guarantee you somewhere in the world someone's having their Facebook account uh, suspended and you may be able to get it back up and running or you may not that's really going to be dependent on what happened Mm -hmm. but you're not in control
1: yeah it's interesting so I hear a lot about Facebook pages Facebook groups in particular YouTube channels getting shut down mm-hmm. and not even, I mean, they're not particularly doing anything questionable. Um, it's, you know, at the scale these, these companies operate at, a lot of the stuff is just automated that has to be mm. uh, backed up by, you know, a, a team of people who just click buttons in India. So, yeah. you know, it may not even be something that you've done that's particularly egregious or, you know, mm. it's just flagged something in their system and they've shut you down. So, yeah.
0: yeah. and o- And often it's something innocuous. And if a, if a human with a brain had you know, looked at it at the other end, they would have said, oh, okay, I'll see what's happened here. And they wouldn't, they'd maybe give you a warning or they'd give you a heads up that this has happened. But no, they just go, stop. Yeah. And, you know, if, again, there's people who have, their main source of traffic is coming from social media, yeah. uh, which is a scary place just to have the main source of traffic. Yeah. So what we're going to do is I'm going to share my screen now. We're going to talk about something that you and I have been talking about for a long time at mm-hmm. workshops that we've run. We call it the digital marketing wheel or the, the marketing hub. It has all sorts of terminology that we refer to it as. But uh, what it is, and for those who are listening, uh, I'll try and describe this to you, uh, say, when you're listening, driving in your car or riding on your bike or whatever you're doing, you'll you'll be able to picture it. Uh, otherwise, go and watch the video on the website or on YouTube and you'll be able to see what we were talking about. We'll also uh, leave a link to it in the, the, the uh, website uh, podcast description as well in the show notes. Hey, Brendan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brendan says yes. And if he says yes, <laughs> it means it's going to happen. So I Beautiful. will share the screen with... Now, okay, has everybody got that up? Yeah, there we go. Let me slide my pictures of others out the way there. So what we're looking at is what I would classify as a bicycle wheel. So picture a bicycle wheel. You've got the outside rim of the bicycle wheel. You've got the center hub of that bicycle wheel. And then you've got spokes going in and out. I think most people uh, have seen a bicycle wheel in their life. So picture that. And then on the outside, so on the, the outer frame or the outside wheel of the uh, the bicycle, we've got different things that we would classify as traffic sources. Some of these are two-way, coming in, coming out. Some are maybe just one-directional sources of traffic. But in, in general, uh, a lot of these are feeding in and out of your website. So as an example, working from the top We've got website design, so what you do on your website, how you structure your website uh, has a big influence on what happens when people actually get to it. So that's a core thing in terms of having the right design and layout for your website to start with. Um, We've got email marketing. Uh, And email marketing, as we mentioned before, it is something that you control in terms of the traffic that you can get into your website, get them on a database, and then you can email that database for as long as you run the business, and as long as you do it ethically and and uh, with some smarts, and don't just piss everyone off sending them lots of
1: it's stuff. it's probably also the cheap one of the probably the cheapest marketing channel out of all of those as well um, absolutely, yeah,
0: because uh, once you've got them, it's not costing you anything to email them yeah. So, once they're on, and this is why it's a critical thing that so many people I still am amazed don't seem to do it, is they don't get people on their email marketing mm-hmm. database. I know personally everyone has uh, a lot of uh, emails that come into their their, their inbox, their time poor. Yeah. And one of the common things that people say to me is, Oh, email marketing is dead. No one reads their emails anymore. Young people don't check their email. And there, there is some significance to some of those statements and so, and it warranted. But ultimately if you really want something and you're keen on receiving that information from whatever you sign up to, uh, then you'll at some stage make an effort to read it. Now I don't read all of my emails straight away. I have a lot of things that go into folders and then when I have a moment I'll go and look at all the emails that have come in. Now if they're time sensitive emails like special offers then you could miss out. But if it 's content that you just want to look at read or watch then you, you know you could look at something a month after it's come in and it 's still just as relevant mm. uh, so you don't necessarily have to action all of your emails that come in at the same time so uh, and I know i've made a lot of purchases over the years and recent years for offers that come in via email so it mm. work, it works there's no two ways it may not have quite the power and the open rate that it used to 10 or 15 years ago but email marketing is not dead and it's not going away probably in my lifetime i can't imagine
1: yeah we i think we did an episode on email marketing one so email marketing is generally done pretty badly especially by small businesses because they're trying to replicate big businesses who don't do it very well at all um well i mean the thing we said in that episode and what we say to clients all the time is Right there, if you're doing email marketing, write the email as if you were emailing one customer directly. Write it in that style. Personal, one-to-one. Yeah. You, know, you wouldn't do anything kind of scammy or flaky or pushy in a one-to-one email. You probably wouldn't. Maybe some people would. Um, but if you write, if you, you know, even writing, doing the email marketing, writing the content initially, I just load up my, my email client and just write it in there. That's the easiest way to do it because it's kind of like I'm in that email mind. Um, and yeah, yeah. A min- minimum formatting. Like, again, you wouldn't, if you're emailing your best friend, you would not put a whole bunch of tables and layouts and all sorts of garbage in that email. So I don't know yeah. why you do it in email marketing. Like, it doesn't, no. it does, generally doesn't enhance the email. It often breaks it, makes it slow to download and open. So,
0: and here's the thing this has been tested by so many people so many times that I'm sort of almost sick of talking about it, but uh, keep it simple. Stupid, Mm. is the rule with with email. Uh, A lot of people, because they have all this fancy HTML editing and can make emails look all beautiful these days, time and time again it's been tested that simple, plain text emails convert the best. Well spaced out, easy to read. Mm -hmm. There may be one image, but keeping it simple and keeping it short and to the point and then linking to... You can link to a page on your website that then has more details and then has more information. But if you want someone to take action within that email, keep it simple. I look at all the ones I get from the, the top marketing guys and there may be two, maybe three three hyperlinks within the email that takes me through to a uh, a landing page that is getting me to take action on whatever that is. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to have it looking super sexy with images and flashing things and mm-hmm. which I, I get some emails like, oh, this is, it's too much. You don't have the time to look at it. And people are looking at it more than likely on their phone. So they've got a small screen anyway. So yeah. they keep yeah. All right, that's enough on email marketing. Let's go to the next one on the right, which we're looking at now, is YouTube. Now this one is a biggie. Brendan. What are your thoughts on YouTube? Well, it's the
1: second biggest search engine, so it's it's kind of important. Um, yeah, I mean, you could probably put YouTube slash video because Facebook is is a very powerful video platform.
0: Yes, you could um, absolutely YouTube, yeah, or generically video for sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, I, I I mean,
1: we we have clients who have very beautiful videos done, and they're just. Um, you know, they haven't uploaded them to YouTube, for example, or they haven't optimized them or they've just haven't, you know, you know they haven't really thought about how YouTube is part of the picture. Um, so I, I think if anything, YouTube is underdone by most local businesses, probably the people who are listening. Definitely. Uh, so, yeah, and generally speaking, we say, now YouTube have just changed the way it, video embeds work so they're not as great as they used to be um but that the embeds of they're geared towards pushing traffic back to youtube
0: yes which Um, absolutely brings me to a point to a to a very good point that the, the majority of people i'm talking with now i'm recommending that they use a third party video host like uh vimeo or wistia Mm -hmm. to have their videos hosted through there, but played on their embedded on their website. Therefore, you have complete control. You don't have ads popping up, as you said, that then are taking the visitor back to uh, YouTube. Mm -hmm. Um, But having them on YouTube is critical because then you get the reverse happening. You get people who get exposure to who you are and your website. And you can have links in YouTube that go back to your site and then you have offers through that. And, it, again, it's a feed back to your website. So I think, personally, YouTube's changed. It used to be probably a bit of a two-way street, back and forth from your site to YouTube and back, but I think it's much better off now if you're using YouTube as a one-directional traffic in source. Uh, oh. And
1: Yeah, there's a couple, there's a couple of th- thoughts I had about that is... They, um, the, the new changes, they made it horrible. So you can't remove the title at the top of the video like you used to be. Mm. The, it always shows. So it, when you finish the video, it always shows videos. You used to be able to turn that off. Yeah. Um, it, so by default, it shows all any channel's videos. Now you, if yeah. you have that setting turned off, it shows other videos from your channel, which is kind of not great anyway. Um, YouTube is an important part of search. So, you know, yeah. It, showing up in YouTube search and videos showing in Google search. Um, so there's, it's definitely important and plays are a big part of ranking like the number of plays and play time mm-hmm. part of the YouTube or just general video ranking. Um, but yeah, I'd say if, if it's a critical video that's part of your um, sales system like something a video on the homepage, yeah, you probably would be better off looking at something like Vimeo or, or Wistia that you have control over where you can really like tune those settings. So the video mm-hmm. isn't pushing the traffic off. And I see that quite a lot, actually, just generally speaking about pushing traffic off to these platforms. One of the most common mistakes I see made is people who have the header of their site and 20 different, or well, not 20, but 10 different social platform icons in the header, which really doesn't make sense to me because why, I yeah. don't understand why you'd have someone come to the website and then you want to push them off to a social platform Yeah, with no control It's a distraction-rich environment. So... Very good, said, very good we, point. We don't want to be pushing out of the website to these platforms. We want to be pushing in the other way,
0: ideally. So. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've seen a lot of big companies starting to change that. It used to be back in the day that have these massive social media links, for Facebook, follow us on Facebook, and blah, 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 whatever, yeah. uh, connect on LinkedIn, whatever the, the, the button was. I'm going, this doesn't make sense. You're, yeah. You may as well have just have links going to other people's websites and say, just go and visit this random website because... Yeah, okay, you're sending them to a page that's related to who you are and what you do, but you've already bloody well got them to your website. You've already got them in the thing you can control the most. You can craft and, and sculpture whatever you want on your site and not be beholden to Facebook or Instagram and just getting slapped on the wrist by someone saying, mm-hmm. no, you shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. So uh, make make sure that yeah you, you, you're not sending all your traffic away for... Yeah. No reason. So, yeah, so that's video. Extremely, extremely important. Uh, I think it's a core piece. I mean, we get uh, traffic. Funnily enough, we would get traffic um, for this podcast, even though back in the early days, right up until the last few months, we actually didn't do videos. There's probably some people watching this right now going, Jesus, I wish they didn't do videos (laughs) now because look at these two ugly bastards. Uh, So. (laughs) Sorry, I was just speaking for myself, Brendan. You're a very handsome man. Uh, so, um, <laughs> I know it's terrible. Uh, anyway, so uh, I think YouTube is is critical for most small businesses to get get something on there. i say yeah. the second biggest search engine on the planet, still it's owned by by Google. Uh, yeah. it's, it's all part of part of their system. But why wouldn't you want to have a, a presence? And, and we get our traffic source from there as well. For, Stuff we do doing. So next one, well, social media. We've sort of really done that one. I think we've we've hammered social media. Mm. Social media is obviously a critical part uh, in terms of uh, building a brand presence and 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 getting traffic. Just always be aware, as we've said, you you don't have any control over any other platform other than your website. Ultimately, the rest are just uh, you're at the mercy of whoever owns the platform.
1: Yeah, I think social media. Is, it's safe to say it's generally pay to play now. Like, uh, it has yeah. a little bit of organic reach, <laughs> which means you know you post something on your Facebook page, maybe five percent of the people will see it. But uh, mm.
0: yeah, it's not. And it's not I'm shocked, Brendan. I'm shocked that it went that way. I can't even believe that they're charging for people to use the platform. <laughs> mm. Now, being facetious, of course, I've, it's like when uh, Google started. And everything was was free search, and then people started complaining when they started putting up Google AdWords. Well, baby, they're going to monetize it, and if there's eyeballs there, they're going to monetize it, and that was always destined to happen with any of these social media platforms because it's how they make their money through advertising. So, yeah. it's a if business, you don't right? like, it's a business. If you don't like it, don't use it. But mm-hmm. you don't use it for years and years and years for free. You get all the benefits from it, and then when they start. Uh, charging for advertising, you complain. Well, Mm -hmm. don't don't use it anymore. (laughs) But that's where they got you. It's a thing that people have really been sucked into the system. They've done probably one of the best marketing con jobs on the planet (laughs) (laughs) over over the years, in, in my opinion. People have just walked in, handed over their jewels, their money, the keys to their house and their car, take it all off me, Take it all off me. Facebook, Google. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, the people voluntarily give these platforms all these details, right? Like, yeah.
0: yeah. And look, here's me with Google on mine. you know, look, we work with Google, but you gotta, you gotta, you know, the whole "do no evil" thing is a lot of crap, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, they're, they're in the, but they make money, billions and billions of dollars. That's that's why. That,
0: that's exactly it. So, or you, you just buy beware. You've got to know who you're playing with, mm. and don't cry. Uh, crying in your milk when things go wrong. Don't even know if that's a saying. I may have just made that up. I never cried in my milk. Yeah.
1: On, on the flip side, there, on the, you know, not to leave it on a, a negative. Way, sli-
0: yeah, yeah. That's what they.
1: <laughs> you know, Facebook ads in particular can be very powerful in terms of. Um, Absolutely. Getting, getting exposure. Out. I mean, a lot of people use them incorrectly. So, you think about a marketing funnel. You know, Facebook ads are more top of funnel. So they're really about getting awareness out about a a product, getting product in front of people. So basically, essentially the digital equivalent of print ads. So Mm. typically what what we, you know, you pay for a magazine ad in the past, now you do Facebook advertising. So if you're a a business that, you know, it isn't necessarily a bottom of funnel business or say, you know, your business would benefit from having more more awareness like a, a restaurant or a cafe, for example then you know Facebook ads might be a very powerful medium and would be worth looking into and potentially could be very cheap. Um, yeah, so.
0: I, you're dead right. It's all understanding how to use the tool properly. And if you're not advertising on Facebook, uh, I think you're missing out. You've got to at least test it significantly mm-hmm. before you write it off. But uh, it seems to be just there's often an aversion for people to spend any money on advertising regardless of whether it's advertising on YouTube or Facebook or whoever on on Google search because they don't want to pay for it because they think they can get it all for free. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. You're kidding yourself. Yeah. Kidding yourself. So, yeah, social media, it's yin and yang. Just understand what you're doing. Uh, As Gary Vaynerchuk says... Uh, squeeze the living daylights out of that orange. Get everything out of it that, that you can. Uh, because, you know, the orange is YouTube, the orange is Facebook. And once you've squeezed that orange and the orange isn't around anymore, um, you've, you've got to go to what the next orange is. And, you know, 10 years ago, MySpace was the big thing. You know, no one ever thought MySpace would disappear. No one ever thinks that Facebook will ever disappear or Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, People thought Yahoo would never disappear, and technically they haven't, but they may as well have. Yeah. So, so you don't know what's coming around the corner, what what the next platform is. Just take it and use it for as much as you can. Um, next, we've got one of your favourite subjects, Brendan. Yes, yeah, search so engine optimization. So I think
1: a lot of people do this badly. There's this, the old-school mentality is, do I rank number one or not, which is really... Not how SEO <laughs> works at mm. all today. There is no number one anymore because the number one could be half a dozen things. It could be number one in the maps. It could be number one on the sidebar of the site. The knowledge panel could be number one in the regular results, number one in shopping. And the number one could be half, you know, below the fold. So you, you actually don't see the, the organic number one. Yeah, it's all been
0: push so, down, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, in 2019, people's approach to SEO, if you want to be successful, this granular black and white, do I rank or not, is is going to have to change. It's about traffic. It's about quality traffic, so being seen, found by the right people at the right time, and then converting that traffic. So and basically, the, a lot of people like treat SEO as free, but it's not really. It is... You know, it, it's a, it has a cost. Um, yeah, absolutely. It takes work to do. Um, and it's important that you treat it with as much strategy and, you know, you, planning as you would like a paid adver- advertising campaign. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know how much more we have to talk about that. Like, we've, we've done episodes in SEO. But, I mean, some, some basics, basic fundamentals show up on the Google map in the right place when people search your business name, like that's key. Um, Apple Maps, being Maps, um, and, you know, having a page of content for every location and every product and service you sell. That would be the basics there. But yeah. not relying on, on SEO uh, traffic as your only source. It can be very powerful when you get, you know, a lot of exposure, but that can be taken away very quickly, again, because you don't control the platform or the rules might change or a competitor might Engage an SEO firm and and beat you. So
0: yeah, yep And again the reason why we're looking at this marketing wheel is so you, the more spokes you've got active Holding up the Center hub, which is you, your your business your website Then if any if any one of them fall over you have still got Support mm. from the other areas and yes, yep. it is a challenge Gone are the days where we would just have yellow pages ad and maybe a local ad in the paper uh, yep. there's a lot more complexity. And it is much harder for small businesses these days. I don't, I don't think the internet has made it easier in any way, shape, or form. And the, the, the days of where the, the whole level playing field was bandied about, the internet has made it a level playing field. Yes, there is certainly aspects to that that are 100% accurate. Uh, but definitely if you're competing in a paid advertising space, and your budget is ten dollars a day, and you're competing against someone whose budget is ten thousand. Even if even if the the person or the business who's got ten thousand dollars a day is really crap at it, they're probably still going to win <laughs> because of pure numbers. Uh, so, it, unfortunately, with advertising, you you do have you're up against that. So the longer you leave it, the harder it's going to be to get in, involved in it. But SEO is definitely. Uh, something that you need to study and learn how to do.
1: Yeah, at a minimum, appearing when people search your business name. So I think Be that's sure. important. Um, yep. And your personal name if, if you're the face of the company. And then, and probably, and just remember SEO is not free, um, it does have a cost attached to it. And with all these things, it's probably wise to understand how much you can afford to pay to acquire a customer. That's kind of fundamental to doing any marketing and advertising, which a lot of businesses miss. They they don't know how much they can afford to spend to, to acquire a new customer. Um, and a lot of the time, they don't know how profitable a new customer is or what a new customer is worth, which is the other side of the equation. But if you don't know what it costs to acquire someone, then all advertising seems expensive because you just, you just don't know your numbers. So I think yeah, exactly uh, that would be an important box to check, you know, knowing what margin you're making out of whatever you're selling and how much you can afford to spend to, uh, to sell that so mm. or acquire a customer for that. So yeah. Um, because, uh, I mean, the cost of hiring an SEO agency, all our prices are going up substantially um, just because there's more competition,
0: it's, it's more complex. Yeah, it's, it is. It's not, it's not like it used to be. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, there are some people who think that SEO is dead. Why, I really have no idea. They think it, it maybe is not as, uh, it's not the only game in town anymore. I think that's probably more accurate. Uh, so there's there's other forms of traffic outside of just Google and searching. So so naturally that's being being thinned out. But it's no less effective. Uh, just like email marketing, it's still it's still effective if done properly. Yeah.
1: We probably need to put in here that's missing from this this image. And in relation to SEO and just generally, the, there are other traffic sources too and other search engines. So we talked about YouTube. You really need to be thinking about depending on what you're selling. If it's shipping products, Amazon, eBay, of course, Etsy, Pinterest, those would all be places where people are searching. So those, you know, yeah. there would be SEO for those, depending on what sort of business mm. you have, um, even iTunes. So
0: yeah, oh look, absolutely. This is by no uh, no means the the be all and end all. There's there's many more options we could fit on this wheel, but we're just gonna talk about some of the more common ones um but you're dead right there's lots of different areas the more you niche down the more specific there Mm -hmm. are platforms that will be relevant for you depending Mm -hmm. what you're doing uh next blogging now blogging is something that hasn't gone away it's probably maybe not as popular uh it's uh, probably
1: better termed as content marketing today would be
0: yeah yeah content marketing i mean we've got it we've got another part of the the hub here which we talk about website content and they're sort of they're, they're one and the same in, in some ways, but you can you can do blogging uh, on third party platforms like medium mm-hmm. uh, where you're driving traffic through articles and content and, and, and things you're writing through those that lead back to your website so there's technically there's blogging on external systems and then there's blogging on your own website and mm-hmm. it's still. A combination of the two now technically when we post a podcast uh, we create a blog post and it's got the uh, show notes and links so that would be classified as two things it would be classified as a, a podcast link but also a, a blog post so still still relevant yeah but yeah i think back you know 10 plus years ago blogging was the buzzword for sure probably not as much now yeah, I would say
1: that with any strategy, with any content, you probably want to have a strategy behind it. Doing it for the sake of doing it is not a absolutely. Idea. So it needs to be rooted. If it, I mean, we're talking about business, so it needs to be rooted, connected to a business strategy. So yeah, you know, again we talked about? You know, you've got an expense or an investment. What's the return you're getting on that, and how is it building your online asset?
0: Mm. And the very well, very well, maybe some of the things we talk about you don't want to do, which is completely understandable, or may not be relevant. So mm-hmm. that's why you, you pick and choose the things that are best suited to your business mm-hmm. uh, and that you can scale because you can't do all this sort of stuff yourself. You're going to need to get help, mm-hmm. which is the other part of the strategy working out. Well, who's going to help me do all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you think as a business owner, you're going to run your business and then do all this at the same time, you'll burn out pretty quick. Mm-hmm. So um, Next, we've got display ads. So that's referencing... The other side of the coin per se with companies like Google mm-hmm. where advertising through their display network appears on other websites we've all been on sites where we see text ads or banner ads pop up um, typically if they've if they've done any type of remarketing so tracking the user activity on a website the your browser then gets cookied and you'll see ads that will follow you around the internet promoting things you may be uh, didn't buy or uh, other items that are related to what you have already bought. Uh, so so that all comes under the banner of display ads. It's a huge, huge part of, uh, of Google, and it's also a huge part of Facebook because Facebook does remarketing as well, which is why when you're on Facebook, you're seeing all the different types of ads that pop up that are related to your specific actions and uh, user habits. What would you like to say about display ads, Brendan?
1: Display ads are very powerful. They're uh, also known as banner ads, or were formerly known as banner ads. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people discount them because it's it's complex to set up, and a lot of people. There's a lot of buzz about Facebook ads, and almost none about display ads. So, mm-hmm. I would just say, if you are doing Facebook ads, it's probably wise to look at display ads. They are generally at least a quarter of the price and just as effective. So you actually have a bit more control with display ads than you do with Facebook ads as well. have things like impression capping. So mm-hmm. it means you don't spam people with your ads. I'm sure everyone's experienced that. Gone to a website and these ads follow you around the entire internet for yep. weeks or months in advance. So with impression capping, that doesn't happen because you only see the ads a certain amount of times. So,
0: yeah. yeah. And, and you can pick sites you want your ads to appear on. Mm-hmm. gumtree yep. is a popular one in, in Australia for display ads yep uh, and the, the typically if it's done in terms of remarketing you're seeing an ad on gumtree specifically tailored to you because mm-hmm. they know where you've been what you've done what sites you've been on yep YouTube as well yep. yep youtube for sure
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, YouTube is it's a massive undertapped advertising uh, so anything to do with video ads is Is huge, and there's a massive potential just to do advertising on YouTube. Not even talking about putting content on YouTube, which we were talking about before. Just advertising um, comes technically under display ads. So that's a big subject. So look into display ads again. A very strong spoke in the wheel, if done Mm -hmm. if done correctly. Uh, Online PR or any PR, uh, but. It's all uh, the
1: same. It's like there is no online marketing anymore, right? It's just PR. Yeah,
0: it's, it's just PR, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you can submit articles to different PR websites. Uh, I've forgotten the names of some. I think web PR is one. Um, yeah. Th- there's okay.
1: lots. Of- yeah, getting interviewed by journalists is a big one. Or just, just straight up PR is another one.
0: Mm, yeah, so... Um, PR is, you know, you you spend some time crafting the story and and talking about what your business is doing um, and and getting that traffic is great because typically it's free traffic. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of people I know, they get exposure in terms of online PR, which is then picked up by uh, real world, when I say real world, like TV stations and Mm-hmm. Uh, news channels, etc., and then you you end up being on the circuit. This happens to people I know all the time. You, you appear in one area, and then someone else picks it up, and you're sort of the f- the flavour of the week or the month, and mm-hmm. you get some free publicity from it. Yeah. So it's it's a huge uh, area that a lot of people don't even think about doing. So definitely that. Um, what do we got next, Brendan?
1: We've got viral. I don't really know what what is what is viral.
0: Well, I think I think viral just comes under the really any of the the, the topics of social media or, or YouTube the potential for something that you've released to get shared uh, and and go viral. So it's not it's not one that you have a lot of control over, but it's certainly a lot of people who have any uh, interesting releases on on YouTube or social media and can end up having things that go viral. It wouldn't wouldn't be something that you would you would count on happening. Uh, but if it does, you can, and, and that often can be part of a combination of things that are happening with your with your PR that end up leading to, to viral related um, successes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, not, not one that you would you want to count on. I'm going to have a viral event. Sounds pretty bad as well. <laughs> uh, but something to consider. And I, I think there's a lot of, Uh, Viral, uh, viral traffic that is a lot of it's you know predetermined uh, and pre-calculated. So sometimes you may think something happened organically that's viral, but uh, there was some structure behind getting it to happen.
1: You probably call that word of mouth would probably be less hypey and a bit more you know practical, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. Good, good point. Yeah. Uh, Next on the list is. What we're doing now—a podcast. Now, if you don't have a podcast and you're considering doing one, uh, I think it's probably one of the most popular upticks in in building a brand presence and building authority is having a podcast. And lots of people like Gary Vaynerchuk. It's one of the things they say. You, there's very few people, if any, he doesn't think that should should have uh, shouldn't have a podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, And yeah. What are your thoughts, Brendan? Do you like doing podcasts? If, yeah. If we can cancel it.
1: I think there's a couple of things rolled up in here. One is I, I think podcasts are sometimes a bad word or an audio strategy. Uh, I mean, we've only recently started doing like the video. video, video yeah. Video. But I think just having an audio strategy just, you know, on, on a lot of our websites, we, um, we now have, you know, we have, whatever the article is of the content. And then we have some audio to go along with it. And the audio isn't exactly what the content is it adds more richness to it. So, um, it's yeah. a bit more conversational style, particularly like FAQs, for example, on some of our, for some of our products, each question has an audio. The fa the, you know, the text might be two paragraphs, but the audio might be five minutes long to explain in more detail. So I think audio strategy is probably a better term for it as you know, from a business perspective, but, um, you know, at least even just having, you don't necessarily have to have a podcast, but just a couple of hours of audio on your website could be very powerful or getting interviewed on other people's podcasts is also
0: yeah, that's, powerful Yeah, that's another, absolutely. Getting
1: traffic and exposure. So.
0: Yeah, we have had a lot of guests on our show and I've had lots of feedback that they've uh, had people contacting them from being on the show. So... Being on other people's podcasts can be sometimes just as powerful as having your own. But it is most certainly a a rapidly growing trend in terms of the amount of podcasts that are available now compared to five years ago. I
1: mean, it's the ultimate way to clone yourself. I mean, we started this podcast, uh, you know, the first episodes were things we talked about in workshops or conversations that were questions we were getting asked a lot. And it's the same. You know, you could spend 30 minutes explaining that, that answering that question on the phone with somebody or record a podcast episode and send them the link. So it's it's effectively the same thing. So I like the podcasting because it's a, you know, it's a great medium for that. If someone wants to dig deeper into something, there's, mm. you know, there's plenty of podcast episodes we have that dig into all of the stuff. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and you like talking to me. Yeah, well. of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Brendan, that's, that should be the main reason you like doing right, this podcast. Okay. That's the only reason why I do it you You don't have to lie now. Just be real. Uh, look, and I love I love listening to podcasts. Now, not everybody is auditory in terms of if you're looking at neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, uh, people are, are either, either dominant in visual, auditory or kinesthetic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a bit of both of the first two. I'm very visual, but I'm also auditory as well. Uh, so I, I like doing the podcast. I like watching YouTube stuff or Netflix or anything that's video related. I would learn a lot through that as well. Uh, but other people aren't. So if it's not your cup of tea, then you're not going to watch or listen or even make one. So don't don't go doing it. If you d- it's, a, it's a fair amount of work. So if you think you're doing a podcast, you've really got to uh, be doing it for the long term because the average amount of podcasts that are done, so I've been told and read uh, before people quit their podcasts is about seven. Mm-hmm. So we're almost at episode 100. This is, this is I think, episode 97. So we've got a few more to go and then we've done 100 episodes, which is uh, not huge by many other standards, but I'm still impressed that we're doing it mm-hmm. and that you've put up with me for all this time. <laughs> um, you poor bugger. Uh-huh. All right. So next on the wheel, we're heading. We're almost done, and then we'll uh, we'll we'll finish up. Uh, one that we have touched on and mentioned several times over here. This is a very important spoke in the wheel in the marketing wheel. Is pay per click advertising? Uh, people think they don't need to do paid advertising, and this could be something that we you're paying for ads on Google, on Facebook, on Instagram, and dozens of other platforms that allow you to do paid advertising. Uh, It is great for testing markets, testing ideas. Uh, It's, you know, within a couple of hours, you can be up and running and have some ads that are live that are getting traffic, Mm -hmm. uh, which is not possible with really any of the other things we've talked about in terms of SEO um, maybe social media can, can achieve something similar depending on how much traction your social media platform and, and following is. But in terms of just someone starting off completely fresh, going, I've got a website, I've got a, a sales funnel or a landing page, whatever, and I want to drive some traffic to it and I want to test out this particular product or service or experiment. You can spend $100 and drive some traffic. Now, that $100 is going to get you varying amounts of traffic, of course, depending on the subject and the keyword terms. But it's pretty powerful, isn't it? And you and I have been involved with it for a long time. Yeah, absolutely.
1: So Google AdWords, you know, that's, that's the, the primary uh, pay-per-click advertising. Source. So I think if you want any traffic for the search engines, again, if you, the first step would be working out how much you can afford to pay to acquire a customer. So then you know of how much you're going to afford to pay, you know, what your budget is for ads. I think that's a very common mistake people make. But, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think you'd be crazy not to be doing, particularly for like a local business or an e-commerce business, paid advertising. So
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, again, that is where what Brendan said is so true. Um, I've got something I've been using for years that I had made up called the Value Per Visitor Calculator and it enables you to uh, do some forward planning, sort of reverse engineering uh, based on the cost per click, the the number of clicks, what the price point of your product or service is that you're marketing, and what conversion rate you'll need on your website or sales page for it to actually be profitable. Uh, And some people aren't necessarily interested in their marketing campaigns to make a profit. It may be something just to acquire a customer and ultimately whoever can pay the most to acquire a customer wins. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. So if you can afford to lose some money on the front end to acquire a customer, as long as you know what the potential long-term value of that customer is, then it, it may only be an initial loss in acquiring the customer, but then uh, over the months and years, they can they can be profitable. Uh, so we just had a, a client we were gonna do some work for and we looked we did the, we crunched the numbers and numbers don't lie and it wasn't going to work there was just no way we would have had to have a ridiculously high conversion rate on their website mm-hmm. it was going to be something like 80% <laughs> which just just yeah. wasn't going to be in this case it, yeah. we were, we were probably for the type of campaign it was going to be if we got 5% maybe 10% we would have been doing superhuman superhero stuff mm-hmm. with with cold cold traffic uh, so is it not. Nah, this is not the path um, for them. So uh, yeah, really, you need to do your reverse engineering and study of the the market before you set up a campaign. What's your favourite thing about pay per click advertising?
1: Well, you can turn it on and off pretty pretty easily. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, we do, we don't do any adwords if we don't have call tracking. So that's a that's a big thing we changed in the last year or two, mm-hmm. um, because the the calls we use a tool called CallRail to track, you know call, the calls that call roll call rail. Oh, call rail. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean you can track the numbers precisely. You know exactly what you spent, what's
0: happened, and how much you're paying for those leads. Uh, and does CallRail integrate with with Google? Is is uh-huh. an API? So okay.
1: Yeah, so we can see exactly, you know, what, where what ad campaign they came from, you know, where they clicked, whether they called from the search results, or from the website, so all sorts of stuff.
0: And what sort of cost is CoreRail per month to use for your average client, Brendan? Oh, it's not cheap, but it's not
1: expensive either. It'd be a hundred or two hundred bucks per month per client. Um, okay. This sounds like a lot, but it's not really. If you're spending ten grand a month on ad ad spend, like it's... definitely. Uh, it's a fairly small amount to, um, to make sure that, uh, you know, you know exactly where the calls are coming from. The yeah. other tool we started using that I don't think we talked about is a tool called click cease. It's a click fraud tool that, um, it's a bit more. So Google has some basic click fraud stuff, but quick is a really good, um, quick fraud tool. And we have some clients that 10 to 20% of their clicks are rubbish that we're, we're blocking effectively. So, all right. It, We've cut kind their of ad spend, well, the ad costs down by 10 or 20% by using this tool.
0: Awesome. So, okay, yeah. cool. A lot of people ask about that. How do I know the clicks are real well? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. We'll put those in the show notes so people can access them, hey? Mm-hmm. Yep. And last but not least is website content. Hmm. Good old website content. The challenge of everybody who has a website is creating fresh, unique, valuable content uh your thoughts brendan on website content
1: not even fresh just the right amount of content i mean like we talked about you can't sell something if you don't have the page for it on the website really generally speaking so Mm -hmm. every product and service you sell should have a page on the website should be long enough kind of two scrolls long not more than one page for a product or service that's a common problem we see Mm -hmm. um a page for each location i think you know very few businesses would check those boxes straight out of the gate, I would say.
0: Yeah, okay. And, and, and not to get confused, I mean, website content could fall under the category or fall in with the category of blogging because it's, it's content that's on your website, but it's, it's two separate things. Yeah. And as you're talking about, uh, a, a lot of the content that you're putting on your site is sort of permanent content. It's not topical yeah as per a blog post would usually be. That
1: so it needs to sell as well. Like, uh, you know, you need to explain why you're unique. What are the unique benefits, how you operate needs a call to action. Like those things, just having the content, but making sure the content has those things can make a huge difference to what's definitely.
0: going on. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, we've gone around the whole bicycle wheel now, Brendan. Yeah. Um, plenty of ideas, like for someone looking to expand,
1: do more and, 2019
0: right so. yeah there's there's lots of stuff to do and so we haven't covered all of them there's other things that we could add to this for sure but these are pr- probably the most popular uh, and important items and we haven't we haven't touched on the physical world of advertising or marketing either we haven't talked about TV advertising yellow pages which are still relevant to some people to some demographics
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I did see a, a lone little yellow pages sitting out there in front of this uh, commercial building the other day it looks so small and tiny and sad this i ordered the
1: little... the yellow pages there i've got one here in my cupboard
0: you you ordered one do you have to yeah. order them now is that they're not just automatically deliver them anymore I don't,
1: I don't know but i ordered one i think i don't think they automatically get delivered now because they're probably all going in the bin um yeah i was oh. curious well one i was curious but also just to see um you know it's like the, <laughs> the big book of clients potentially
0: so. Yeah, look, they still they still have some uh, some place. I don't think they'll ever completely disappear. But f- from what they used to be, boy oh boy, have things yeah. changed! Yes, yeah, sure. uh, but people who are in their seventies and eighties and nineties—that's uh, the core thing. I know my parents; that's what they use. They're they're looking in the local newspaper or the West Australian if you're in WA, mm-hmm. uh, or Yellow Pages. That's what they know. They don't use the internet. So don't discount analogue. Um, and uh, there's a, a, a client that we're working with now. I can't, I can't discuss the details, but they are killing it with um, doing physical mail-outs. Mm-hmm. Killing it. Absolutely killing it. And so don't, don't discount that because people get sort of less stuff in their mailbox, their physical mailbox, than they do in their inbox. Uh, so if you can make it stand out a bit and, and be of value, then you, you've got a pretty decent chance mm-hmm. and, a, and a low cost per acquisition for sending out a letter. Yeah, And it's a fixed standard cost. So uh, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for some of the old school stuff that people have gone so far left onto the digital side that they um, are not looking at any of these other places that are, that are left wide open. Because people still have letterboxes, they still check their letterboxes. <laughs> so, you know, the, maybe that's probably the most important thing we've said on this whole podcast. Uh, all right. On that note, now I'm going to uh, stop sharing the the uh, We're back. the picture. We're back to just the two talking heads. Uh, anything else before we finish up, Brendan? No, I think that's it. That's a big, big brain dump. We've we'll been going for a while. Yeah, that was that was a good hour. So. Uh, Whoever's listening to this and they're saying it was too long. Sorry about that. You, <laughs> you, can, you can pause it halfway through, you know, you don't have to watch it the whole way. Yeah, uh, it's um, a good
1: refresher. And I think if, you know, looking forward towards next year, like uh, there's a lot of things you know, that
0: people haven't have been ignoring, right? So Definitely. Hmm. Yeah, it's always a, a reminder to us to go, okay, yeah, I need to sort that out or I need to sort this out because we're not perfect. We've yeah. still got lots of things to do. No, yeah, I mean it's it's an, it's a you know it's never finished, right? So no, it yeah. never is, and that's always funny when we would run our workshops, uh, and people think they'd build a website and that was you know that was going to solve all their issues. Oh, I've got a website! Oh, mm. everyone's going to come rushing to my door and want to yeah. buy my products and services now that I've put a website up. No, it's just a needle in a stack of needles. Mm-hmm. On that note, Brendan, good to talk again, my friend. Yeah, man. Um, and thank you, the listener, for tuning in to another episode of the Business Marketing Show. Uh, we'll be back next week with a special guest. We won't say who it is, but you'll find out when you tune in. And we're going to, talk, we're going to be talking about how to use Meetup or Meetups to generate uh, business and clients. So if you're interested in learning more about how to use Meetups, uh, tune in for the next episode all right mate take care right. see you everyone bye for now see ya. you've been listening to the business marketing show you can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on itunes soundcloud and stitcher